This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Good afternoon, family and friends, and thank you so much for joining me this afternoon. And we are so blessed this afternoon. As you know, this is a program where we give hope, guidance, wisdom, and knowledge when real life happens in the family. And we discuss relevant and often unspoken issues in the family in truth and in love. But with God, we can rise to restoration and rise above all together as a family. And I have a very interesting, remarkable um, woman in the studio with us this afternoon. She is a missionary in the Ukraine and she's got her whole family with her. And is that not an incredible uh, testimony to share with us this afternoon? She's Michelle uh, Putgitter and she's the founder of Sven Miru. Am I saying it right? That's right. (laughs) Miru in in the Ukraine, a church and they do remarkable work. And I mean, she's been there for 20 plus years. I mean, what a testimony of commitment and offering up your own country and your own family on this side. And she's an author of a wonderful book called Sona Bloma in Snu in, in the Ukraine. But we're going to talk about that at a later stage. But this is, we, first of all, we're going to just get her beautiful testimony. And it's come with lots of challenges and a lot of pain in the process. But thank you so much for joining us this afternoon, Michelle. Thank you so much, Renate. It's a big privilege for me. But first, we have to do a bit of homework and we have to play out on a lovely song. So let us just listen to this next track and we'll be with you straight after this. Good afternoon, and thank you so much for being with us this afternoon, family and friends. We are having a wonderful guest in the studio. I'm literally having butterflies in my stomach. Um, She is Michelle Putgitter, and she's an author, and she's a wonderful missionary in the Ukraine. And Michelle, you are going to just share us your remarkable uh, testimony and of your journey thus far over the last 20 plus years. So I'm going to leave it to you because I really don't want to populate it or script it in any way because it is so incredible. So thank you so much for being with us this afternoon and taking time out of your busy schedule. Thank you so much, Renate. It's wonderful to be with you. Okay, so just share with us a little bit on your journey from where did it all start? Why the Ukraine? You know, what was the journey? And, you know, just generally what was happening in your life at the time? You must have been pretty young. And just to make such a big decision. When I was a student, the Lord started to work in my life to be a missionary. I was with this wonderful student group and every weekend we went to another city and do some little skits and stuff, songs for people and we just saw how the Holy Spirit was working and how the Lord touched people and in that time he gave me this heart for the lost and my husband that I later on met, he was um, a wonderful, he studied law and was an excellent student, he was a lecturer at the RAE at the university in in Johannesburg. Mm-hmm. And um, in that time, it was just after communism fell in Ukraine and in Russia. He just started to get his heart for those countries. For Now now that doors are open, um, you can go and evangelists, you can go and, and preach and, and have a Bible in your house. Before that, you could go to Siberia <laughs> for having a My Bible. My goodness, yes. So, so when the doors open, he was like, um, Lord... Yes, the doors are open. Who will go? The The harvest fields are ready. 
it's and there's so there's not enough laborers on the fields and yes, and everybody thinks so another pe- another person will go but the lord told him okay are you prepared to leave it all everything that you worked for and go into the missions field so he left law completely yes he did and he didn't pursue it on that side nothing no, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you go under recovering, or did you just decide on your own? Did you first go and visit, or you know, because there's so many challenges that come with it. Yeah, you yeah. know. So, what did you do? How did you do it? So, first of all, Oka took a group of students over just for a month for a missions trip, and while he was there, he just lost his heart. If you that's right, you walk those in those streets, the, the people's eyes are just dead and lifeless mm. and hopeless and it's just so sad to see. And he, he just saw all these people getting into these trolley buses and on their way to hell. And there's nobody that, that's telling them about Jesus. And hopelessness is, is just so over that country. And um, while I was there, the Lord just put it in his heart to come back and stay there. <laughs> it was even before we met. So so I started my first teaching post at the school in Pretoria and this one lady told me, Wow, you must you must have to meet this guy. He's 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 excellent. He's got this heart from for missions. He loves the Lord and he's so faithful and he prays about everything that he does. And I thought, Wow, <laughs> this this sounds like a great great guy. So I went to his his home cell group and um he said that the moment I walked into the door he knew that I was his wife. <laughs> That is so gorgeous. <laughs> That's yeah. wonderful. But he didn't say anything. Of to course, not. Yes, he's used to like holding back. Yeah, just for a half and a year, I was just treated as all of the girls in the in the group. So, yeah, I went with them to the second to the second outreach. And while while we were there, I also lost my heart in Ukraine. Um, loved the people. Loved the town Rini, where the Lord sent us later. And just got so attached to to the people there. And you, if a person just meets the Lord, their life changes so dramatically. They start to smile. They start their their eyes are getting alive, and it's so wonderful to see how the Lord is transforming people. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so Orkin and I went on this this outreach together, and we came back. He asked my parents if we could marry. He said, "I've got two questions to you: Can we marry? And can I take your daughter to Ukraine?" <laughs> so, and how do you say yes to both? <laughs> it's difficult. Eh? It is. It's been hard for them. My father just said that um, the Lord showed them long a long time ago that that's his will for my life. Mm. So they they let me go. I think with her, it was difficult for them. Of course, of course. But, um, yeah. And and then you know obviously there's so many uh, you know so just just give us a little bit of a background of you know what what is it that you people do over there you know we can talk about that in you know possibly the next session but i just want to know what is what is it about the ukraine you know apart from the people being so um uh, you know under this regime that seems to oppress them um you know what made you fall in love with them what was it about them that just made you feel that this is where i want to be because it's not you know it's easy to go to a mission for a month or a couple of weeks and come back and then off you go to somewhere else. But to actually get lost, lose your heart there is something different. I think it's, it's the Lord. <laughs> mm. If the Lord puts a, 
a nation in your heart. You just fell in love with him. Um, that that's the calling. If if you just read about the country and you start to cry and just feel such a compassion for those people, I think that's that's how mm-hmm. the Lord is working. So. And the, the openness, and the, they're so um, warm, so welcoming. They love to give you a lot of food. <laughs> oh, precious. They just open up their houses. Um, as soon as they feel they can trust you, they're very open, very, very mm. open. So what is what is the, the demographics and, and the, uh, you know, just what does it look like as, as a nation? You know, uh, language-wise, and what is the, you know, most of, what do they live like, you know, in the sense of are they, pe- you know, peasants or are they, you know, are they cities? I mean, I, I, we don't really know much about the Ukraine. <laughs> you know, it's always just been a war zone as yeah. far as most of us know. And then you can give us also a little bit later on just, you know, what is it like? what was it like to live through all the, the you know, the communism? So the little town we, we live in is a, is a small, like, Almost a village. It's, it's like 15,000 people. But then you get your bigger cities like Odessa, Kiev, and Lvov. Mm-hmm. And like, for example, Lvov is this beautiful European city with coffee shops, with chocolate fabrics, with, with cute, you know, beautiful old buildings. It's so, and there's little balconies. And But Rini is, is a, like the forest way, the forgotten corner of Ukraine. Uh, and the Lord sent us to this little down um, almost yeah. You know, they, they called it for many years a hole in Ukraine you know mm. we know people just want to lift and lift, leave the city but that's why the Lord called us there especially to, to bring the dry bones <laughs> to bring life to the dry bones that's right okay and then just tell me a little bit about the um, you know what is the reli- most what do they most believe in you know, what is their religion? Is their religion? So during communism, of course, it was not allowed even to have a Bible. But but after after communism, many people turned to Russian Orthodox. But they do not teach people the Bible. They do, there's no repentance and, um, you know, real relationship with the Lord. So they use icons to, that, that's like um, intercession, intercedence mm. for... To the Lord and um, a lot of rituals that they, it's Christianity mixed with um, pagan rituals that they do in church. And even if they do read the Bible, they will sing it in such a a old Russian or Ukrainian that nobody understands. So, yeah. So it's it's very difficult to actually, uh, and are they very set in their mindsets? Very much. They're very much set in their mindset. And if I even feel if they repent and and come to our church, it feels as if they reject their. Um, forefathers, you know those that that what they believed. That but we try to tell them, this is one Lord Jesus, <laughs> and and He's the way, the truth, and the life, and and um, you can have a, a relationship with Him. Yeah. Wow, that's incredible. So um, just and and then obviously you know you got married, and then you know how did you how did you adjust? Did you just move and then have the children? Or what did that look like? <laughs> everything is different there, everything. So we got married in January. It was sunshine. It was summer in South Africa on the 7th. And the 28th of January, 1996, we landed in Kiev. It was snow. It was minus 24. 
I couldn't speak the language. Our South African jackets just didn't do the thing. <laughs> we were freezing. We didn't have the right shoes or, or nothing. No, nothing. So we were really freezing. And, and we had this, these two little suitcases with us, and that's it. Everything we sold and we came over to Ukraine. And, and then the culture shock. It was so mm. difficult to see, actually, when you live between the people, the way they live. Everything that your mother told you, this is the way you do it. They do it the different, just the opposite. Give us some examples, because I would like to know that, because it's all details that a person never, ever knows about a country. <laughs> yeah, for example, um, even the way they eat, they will really loudly slurp their soup or tea if mm. it's hard to show. It's it's to show you that it's really delicious. delicious. <laughs> and if a baby is born, they will wrap the baby up like a little cocoon. And they think that those days, you know, they said that the baby will get scared of his own hands and they would wrap the, the legs so that the legs will not be scared or... Um, yeah, and and they will take the baby away from the mother after birth because they have to to test the baby's blood and the mother's blood, and if it's the same, then they allow the mom to breastfeed the baby, and um, everything around child, how you you bring up a child, um, they are very superstitious, so they will not even tell a little child. You're beautiful. If, if somebody has a baby, they will not say, oh, you, you're a beautiful little baby. Or they think then you might be jealous and um, something bad can happen to the baby. That you look at him with um, this this evil eye or jealousy and the Bible will get sick. So they will actually say to a little baby, oh, you little like farky or, you know. Really? <laughs> you're so ugly, you little thingy. You know, but like, like. This um, these sweet words, but it's not, it's really not beautiful. <laughs> it's actually insulting. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and and then and then obviously, if you can just give us a little bit of a scenario of you know, because you often hear that the women are, are you know under submission, and what are the men what are the men like, and you know, just what does the family look like as far as do they have many children, or what is their plans for their children? So during those years in the 90s, um, basically the, everybody had a lot of abortions because they didn't really tell what the baby grows like, so what the, what the baby in the womb looks like. It was like a state secret, I think. So a lot of women that came to the Lord had like really 10 to 20 abortions already. So it's small families and, um, yeah, they – it's – for example, our, our – Neighbors, the the woman will stand up very early. She will plant the the vegetable garden by hand with a with a um, bucket. She will wet the whole piece of land, and then she will put it in bottles, cook it, put it in bottles for the for the winter. While her husband is drunk and sitting on the stairs with a cat the whole day and fighting with her and so alcoholism is a big problem in Ukraine okay so those are the things that you actually deal with on a daily yeah, basis yes. okay you know um, I think we're just going to take a, you know take this next session as the you know just a follow-up on you know your life compared to their life in that in that scenario so the adjustment you know um, so yes we're going to listen to something now and then we will join Michelle straight after this Thank you for staying tuned with us. 
Thank you for being with us this afternoon. And we've got Michelle Potter in the studio with us, and she's a missionary in the Ukraine. She's an author as well of a wonderful book, but she's going to share with us at, with us in, at, at a later stage on another program. But I want us to know, Michelle, we are absolutely in awe of what you and your husband did. He gave up his career, you gave up your career, and off you went to the Ukraine. Um, as you said in this, the previous session about this is the way we've been brought up and that's the way they were being brought up. How did you, on a daily ba- basis, just try and navigate that? So, for example, in, in Ukraine, all the gates are painted green. Houses are not painted. Um, inside the houses that were green, the walls are gray, white and bedding is white. So this lady came into my house one day with <laughs> with her own bedding from her house. Old, and it smells a little moldy, but she was so kind that she came into mm. and she took off my green bedding from my bed and she said, Michelle, understand now, beds are white. Walls are white. Why do you paint your walls blue and green and I painted my gate white so she said can't you see that gates are green <laughs> so that was just that was just so the strange law of the town. yeah that's that's the, of the whole Ukraine of the whole Russia that's that's what it looked like all the houses were the same inside the same pots the same pans so everything that's that's out of the west um, they could get problems for you know it was wasn't permitted. Was permitted yeah so after so it was a very difficult time for me to to I am creative and I love color and I just painted my house with with um, um, clouds on, on my kitchen <laughs> on mm, my kitchen mm. roof so and in the beginning we had so much persecution from the authorities um, from the KGB from the mafia, the mafia came into our house, put a gun to my head, told me to get them, give them all the money that we had. They, those days, there weren't any ATMs, and um, yeah. So there was three ta- three moments that night when I thought they're shooting me dead, that they're killing me, and my baby was in the room, awkward, and I, they, they closed us in the cellar, and the baby was crying upstairs. So. Um, I was so scared, <laughs> mm. and then they later on gave the baby to me, and they cl- and they said um, we have to leave the country within twenty four hours, or they come back and they will kill us. And on what grounds? Just we shouldn't go to the police. We should leave the country. They took all our money. The orchid sold his house in South Africa. We took this bag of money with us, and oh, they nice. gone with it. <laughs> But then we had to trust the Lord from there on and just live in faith. But the Lord has been faithful. So I, after that incident, I even had this this fear with me for five years. I fear controlled my life completely because I was waiting for them to come back. It was so traumatic. Dogs will bark. I was just hysterical. And after five years, I said, Lord, I cannot take this anymore. Where were you? Why didn't you stop them at the gate? Why did they come into our house? And the Lord told me, Michelle, I was a thou- thousands of evenings with you, thousands of days with you. But that night I was even closer and I hold- held you in the palm of my hand. Sure. And though death was so close to you because that same group of guys went later on that same week and they killed people in a bar and they took the money. So the Lord told me that to read Psalm um, 91 with faith. 
And as I read it, he freed me completely of all fear, fear of everything in my life and even fear that that um, I'm not afraid because I know that, that the Lord is holding us. Okay, Michelle, wow, that is a horrendous story. And, you know, I'm just concerned about the fact that, and then you still stayed. I mean, you got this, <laughs> I have to ask you that. I mean, what made you stay? You know, you said you read Psalm 91 and you were freed of the of the fear. So they just move around as they wish, you know, the mafia and the KGB. And what do they think, you spies? Or what do they think of you in that time? Yes, they, they thought that we were spies. I cannot be, couldn't believe that we are there just to do good, to help people, to start a church. Um, for so many years, even our neighbor thought that we are American spies. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. But um, these these guys, yeah, they, they really came into our house and they told us to, to leave the country. And I said, okay, yes, now we're going home. Yeah. And he said, no, Michelle, the Lord didn't tell us to go, to run away. He told us to stay so we will be obedient. So I, I learned my obedience from him and mm. his faith. And, and yeah, I if it was for, for us, and I think I will. Yeah, our flesh. Yeah. Yeah, the yeah. fear of flesh. Yeah. yeah. Um, we would have lived so many times because we got mm. so we were so persecuted by so many people and and even the the um, authorities in town, the mayor of those years, have really persecuted us. If we and, uh, when you say persecution, what does that look like? That is, you cannot hire any place. If we, we when we the church was growing and we're trying to get a place where the church would start, um, we hire, for example, a, a movie theater. Then they put pressure on the the head of, and oh, they, yes, they the kick owner. us out. Yes. And so as well, um, we we got, um, the, the KGB wanted to get us out of the country so many times, but the Lord did over and over, he did miracles. That our papers were laying on the KGB desk and that uh, the Lord will send somebody in there high up that knows us personally, and you will see these papers on this desk, and you will say, but I know these people, these things that are written about them are lies. And then you will took away these papers. So, And then nothing happens. And then nothing happens. And yeah. later on, one of the younger guys in our church wanted to sell a car to the old KGB guy who was um, already on pension, this guy. And he said, I know your church, and I know Ogurt, but... I was so many times I had uh, to put you out of the country, but time after time after time, just as I had to do it, nothing works out and everything just falls through the floor. Incredible story, really incredible. We're going to ta- listen to some music right now. I just want to encourage you if you want to know anything more about our um, guests uh, and if you had any questions or anything like that, you can go onto our WhatsApp number. It's 081 729 Our telegram number is 081 729 And then um, we've got a fantastic Facebook uh page as well which is very active you'll see a lot of our 
presenters and you'll see the faces behind the voices. Those days are gone when you just hear the voices. Now we've got the faces as well and our beautiful guests. So please go and uh, join us on Facebook. And then we've got our counseling department. It's 021-9177-000 and you can press option one and see how we can pray for you, direct you. If there's any assistance that we can offer, we are there for you. So please just contact us and liaise with us. We get to get to know us and we want to know a little bit about you as well and just share your um, ideas about what you want to hear maybe or if you enjoyed the program. It's always good to know, if, get a bit of feedback. So, Michelle, thank you so much for being with us this afternoon. So we are going to absolutely take a break now first and then we're going to carry on with this incredible story. I want to hear more of the miracles that God has done for you. Good afternoon, and thank you so for, so much for being with us still and staying with us this afternoon. I've got this beautiful um, missionary. I cannot believe that she is. She looks half her age, and which just obviously means, Michelle, that God is doing wonders in your beautiful life, and He's using you mightily in the Ukraine. So, just give us a little bit of uh, how did the church start, and you know, you shared some of your miracles and some of the massive challenges with mafia and KGB and being a spy and or you know trying to be put out of the country umpteen times. You know, the miracles that God performed for you. Just share with us what you have experienced of, you know, who has God been in all this? You know, why you knew that you had to stay. I mean, 27 years later plus is a long, long time that you've actually come through and just stayed and done this amazing work. It's only the Lord in it. You know, can you just imagine yourself staying in a country for 27 years with five children. The Lord blessed us with four boys and a girl. <laughs> wow. And um, with, through all those years, we didn't need a doctor once. Not even once. Even in the cold? In the cold. Not even South African weather? N- nothing. Now, once, I'm still here, my second son broke her arm, but we were in South Africa and we could take him to hospital in South Africa. So that's really a miracle. Many times, yes, they became sick, they they got hurt, but we prayed for them and the Lord did miracles in their lives. Um, we never had to go and look for a doctor in Ukraine. The Lord just helped. Undertook. Yeah, it's totally. I think we've, it's because we gave our lives over to him. When, when we got married, we said, Lord, we want, we want to make a... a um, covenant with you and mm-hmm. and Ogan and I wrote in this covenant Lord we, we give our lives for you we want to be used by you and we just give it all but in return we ask you to protect us to guide us to bless our children to hold your hand over us and bless the church and yes quickly the church started to grow quickly there came people and um, especially young people that that wants to learn english and be somewhere just curious but but they came to the law they really repented and the like the very first lady that came to to the Lord, she was so broken. She was one of twins, and um, when she was little, when she was born, a mom came with these two babies in her arms, and that immediately had the dad. Um, 
hit her so hard that she was unconscious and she oh, fell she fell on on one of the the babies and the baby died so maria grew up and her her whole life she heard her mom said you should have died and not your sister because you look like your dad your sister looked like me and you are like your dad you're bad you're going to drink and um the, so she never heard the words that, that you loved and mm. when she was a young girl her, her mom took her to a um yeah somebody that that's like foster care no no yeah. no that I'm for time for tell her oh yes <laughs> yes uh, um, fortune teller yeah, so so she told her when you will be 45 you will die and you will be passed on from one husband to the other so the when we met Maria she was alone in a flat she had cancer she already had a fifth husband that left her oh, she was goodness. drunk but she repented and the lord healed her from from the cancer he restored her she was already 45 she should have been dead but the lord came and redeemed her life and now she's like a mom to me in ukraine <laughs> she's oh, precious she's so sweet she she's like a mother to to me and to the kids she's like a grandmom and she every saturday sunday she comes to make us some soup so just to see what what the lord has done in the miracles in in the lives of each person that came to him he redeemed he set free he he made them part of a family and the first time in her life she said that it feels as if she's got a family oh precious you know with all that pain and hurt and rejection she's accepted and loved and this is what the love of jesus does hey yes, it just doesn't it doesn't it goes across all boundaries and all pain yeah. and this is what i love hearing and you know obviously and you said the young people why do you think the younger people were so drawn to the lord if you understand how they grew up they do not hear almost never that you are loved that you are beautiful mm. you are accepted there's a father in heaven that loves you and made you you're not a mistake yes. <laughs> you are precious and just the love of jesus i think we can just love people and 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 be light for the world as the lord tells us to be to just pour out his love on people and minister to them and and i think okert was such a dad to many kids most of the kids that comes to our, to to our youth do not have fathers fathers are dead gone i'm drunk left mm. the family um so there's really i can't even think of one or two kids that really have a father or a proper family unit yeah yeah so that's really beautiful to see in the church how the lord heals people and and restore them fantastic you know and i just absolutely love the fact that you were sharing um you know um you know i would i would i would like us just to cover that in our next program because this is something that is very valid what i'm hearing now is the father figure failing the family and um you know so it just has a ripple effect right down and then the mothers have to carry the families so um but you were having by that time already how many of your own children well yeah <laughs> um so celia was the second one joshua was born in just um 10 months after we got oh, to your right okay but um i came for all of their births to south africa okay. because the, the, okay. the hospitals there were so scary so mm. it was joshua and celia was very close and then marielena our daughter she's 22 now and 
Um, then Benjamin is 20, and Ivan is at the moment um, he's 17. So, but they they are so close, and it's so beautiful to see how how all of them love the Lord, and we are such a close family. Oh, that is wonderful. So, um, are they are they living there, or do they live in South Africa, or are they with you? At the moment, uh, my oldest son Joshua and his wife lives in America. Okay, and then Celia lives in New Zealand. He is an engineer, and um, Benjamin studies theology, and he's also in America. He's helping the pastor, youth pastor. Okay, fantastic. So, so um, they spread thinly, and your daughter? Maria Liana is finishing this year with her studies as a teacher, and she's, okay. she's looking for a job in here in the Cape. In the Cape, okay. No, no, we hear her. <laughs> okay, thank you so much. You know, thank you for sharing this journey of yours, because it's like really a, a, a lot to, to take in, because you know, it's it's such a different world to ours, you know. So I'm just so pleased that you shared that part of, you know, uh, coming out of our, our country, which has also got its own challenges, but moving to another country and having to start a whole family and a whole ministry. I have to take my hat off for you in Orchid. Um But we're going to continue with this. Uh, this this is the, only the first episode, so you have to stay tuned for next week and come and join us for the second part of uh, Michelle's journey of being a missionary in the Ukraine. And uh, she's going to share a little bit about her book. And we are so excited. But so thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. <laughs> and we will me. chat to you next week. And uh, yes, family and friends, uh, Take care, look after yourself, stick to the rules out there, and uh, we will see you next week. Goodbye. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.